Good day, good evening, good night, whenever you decide to consume this content. Thank you and welcome to Thirsty Thursday. Now, for those who don't know, Thirsty Thursday is a weekly launch show where some sucker gets put in a hot seat, whether it's a turf professional, where it's a lawn influencer, or where it's a avid, obsessed, crazy homeowner. And you know what we do? We put those people in the hot seat and we analyze them. We scrutinize them. Well, mainly after the show and we help them. We give them, we give this person advice. And by listening, you too can get some of this good advice. So I am your host. I am in the hot seat tonight, but that's not what's important. The people, the other people around here is what's important. And a lot of times these people oh. don't tell you. It's the three people that are important here tonight. The three kings of turf, the three <laughs> disciples of dirt. It's the holy trinity <laughs> of agronomy. We have the Matt, the Ray, and the Demay. Well, my name is Telly Coleman, and I'm in the hot seat. I got my drink. I'm going to sit back and let these three professionals take over. And everyone who's listening, thank you. This is Thirsty Thursday. I got to say, intro of the year right there. We need to clip that, and that become the new intro for every Thirsty Thursday. Easy. Man, I, I, I like the uh, – that was like SNL cold open. I love I love that. We gotta... <laughs> Yeah, it that was great. Musical Kelly. guest tonight, The Doors. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Jim Morrison's dead. All right. Yeah, that was a strange right. callback that came came into my head. I was I was trying to think of the uh the Nashville band since Teller's from Nashville. The one the 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 damn hippies that have the real bad drinking problem uh that do uh oh Kings of Leon is who I was who I was trying to think of. They, are they big drunk are they big drunks? I think the lead singer is a bad drunk, and that's why they broke up. I think he's got a little Oasis issue uh, that circles in. Oh, I've yeah, read yeah, that yeah. somewhere. Why. I may have read that on a not-so-reputable website, too. So forgive me. Allegedly, he has a drinking problem. I don't know. Is that, that the, uh, the, the BuzzFeed, the uh, you know the hardest-drinking partying front men that are still alive, and you won't believe number seven? Yeah, Because yeah. Jim Moore's probably like that top ten. Sorry, Buzzfeed, Vox, maybe could have been Vox. I don't know. But I, I can see you wasting countless hours looking uh, at Vox or Buzzfeed late at night when you can't sleep. I can totally just see that. seething, seething while I read it and be like, "How yep. dare they? How dare they?" That's so <laughs> we need to do that. Drunk. I'll show you a drunk. He's a nobody. That guy's a nothing. Could you imagine, Telly Coleman, you tell me this. Could you imagine if we made up our own list, like our own BuzzFeed list of like the top 10 YouTube lawns and the people that we would leave out and the people that we would put in the wrong position and just how absolutely pissed people would get? That would be A-plus content. A-plus content. Oh, yeah. I would will, I will, I will watch that, definitely. We, We're going to do that. That'll be, that'll be a Christmas present. to the. To, you do your top 10 or you do your awards, Matt. We'll do a top 10 on top of that on the Grass Factor channel. Look, three of the top 10 have to be four-inch tall Bermuda grass just, just to, to send people to outer space. And, and because we're woke, Ray, 
we've got to have one token centipede lawn in there. I'm telling you right now, we have to do it. Ah, right golly, to be this damn to be, centipede. You know, to be species diverse, we gotta we gotta have the OC. Gotta we gotta have it. So, Ray, we're really counting on you. Or Matt's gonna go out and find you know something somewhere close by. You know, maybe All drive down do there to walk my neighborhood. I can find that. Oh, I was gonna say. Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Where you are? No, I don't. My mom has centipede all over the place. That's the first type of grass I ever cut. Centipede. Wait, is your is your mom in Alabama? Southern Alabama, closer to the Florida line, a place called you know Florala around Florala area. Okay. Florala. Okay. <clears throat> Florala. Yeah, I have. Uh, what there's a, there's a lot of of pretty sounding towns over there. I know my parents were looking over there. They settled on Navarre Beach, uh, but you know not oh, far that's from nice. Alabama, right there. Um. That's nice. That's interesting. Uh Ray, you've been quiet over there. What's going through your head? Are we are we on this topic du jour death today? Or are we are we gonna make it through the next three hours without covering it? Uh it depends because uh I think Tully and I already uh, covered death uh in the in the pre show before you got on. Yeah, we had to stop ourselves from talking. We kept on going on and on. We were like, wait, wait, we need to stop and say this for the main show because uh, we were getting a little carried away. Yeah. Yeah. Ray, what's the background? What's the background there? Okay. That's a serious nomination line. Some people are getting hard with that. Careful how you phrase this, Ray. Yes. (laughs) All right. You see this dark green stuff, you know, on one side of me? This yeah. is Zeon Zoisha that normally gets mowed with a Toro Greensmaster. Okay. This weird-looking stuff uh, on the other side is Emerald Zoisha that gets the string trimmer with the thickest, coarsest line that you can possibly put into a string trimmer. Uh, and you're doing that? No. That's what no! I said. Ryan. I'm just I'm Ryan. making sure. Like you said it, you said it no, in such I, a I, way. Ryan, I don't I don't own a string trimmer. I don't own a string trimmer, honestly. I didn't I didn't know if this was some like, you know, fifty shades of gray lawn that you've got where you do <laughs> no. some different things. Some different things. I got no there's no judgment no. here, Ray. However you I know, wanna, I know there's whack, a... however you want to whack it down, man. I'm good with it. No. No, but then Okay, that is where okay, for the for the viewers, I frequently talk about it on the Discord. This is an example of what that looks like when a lawn is mowed with a string trimmer and the lawn sauce has it right because uh <laughs> the truth is is that uh the lawn sauce literally lives about 20 minutes from where this actual lawn is. So he, <laughs> All right, he's so got it quite right. <laughs> I, I want to describe a situation, Ray. I'm not sure if you ever listened to the Ryan Knorr podcast. Um, so there was a, uh, a person that wrote in and asked us a question about uh, they put, there was mulch, literally like six inches of mulch all over the lawn. And somebody mm-hmm. asked, hey, can I just feed into that? with grass like put some soil down or some compost and till that all together and just make grass and they're from virginia right i sat there and i listened to this and the first thing that came to my mind was i said this and i I probably shouldn't have said this but i said uh 
Virginia is for lovers, but somebody fucking hated this lawn. And I feel like looking at that picture, that right there, somebody hates that lawn. I don't know why you have grass in your lawn. Those are the people that should have rocks for yards. So okay, and, um, and there's a, and there's a further story to it. I actually gave the owner of that Emerald Zoysia lawn a price to maintain it properly, mm-hmm. and I hear back from him a week later, and. He tells me, ah, you know, thank you for your estimate. Uh, I think I'll keep looking. Hey, not everybody's a good fit for the green duck. I mean, if Matt, if, if, if Matt Martin can play hardball, right? Ray is playing like intergalactic baseball. I'm saying Matt Martin of, hey, you're not a good fit, right? How many times, hey, how many times, maybe you did or didn't, right? But how many times did you spray a lawn? just out of pure spite because you did not like the person and use that as a motivation to get through it and get to the next one. Be honest. Listen, way more than I care to admit. Way more. <laughs> the stupid things I have done. If you got hate in your heart, brother, let it out. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I did one time. There was, there was a guy who said he was not pleased with the color of his lawn. This is back in my triggering days. And, um, and this is back when you could carry ammonium nitrate on the truck too. And, uh, and mm-hmm. so I ammonium nitrated this guy's lawn, uh, not once, but twice over it. Um, and man, I got a service call that must've been like, I don't know, two weeks later or something like that. And I go out there and immediately the guy was like, you listen here, mf I don't know what you put on my yard, but don't you ever make it grow like that ever again. And, uh, I may have come back when he wasn't there and done it another time <laughs> just to add insult to injury. Uh, hey, and that you know kind what? of became something I carried with me from that point forward was if anyone ever complained about color, whenever I was in the neighborhood, I would go ahead and just fertilize it and have that some bitch growing so fast that they would, ha- I would, I would continue to fertilize it until they called me and told me, stop whatever it is you're doing. It's too much. Okay. I could be, I could imagine for my end, what if uh, a drum of UAN liquid found its way into my spray mix? You know what UAN is? Sometimes, Ray, you just got to do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ammonium nitrate. But on the the other hand, hot sauce. 32, yeah, liquid. But then, ironically, I've never really had that, you know, I've never had people get snotty with me about that because do you know what they realize? I'm managing their turf such that when I leave, when I'm done with what I'm doing, they don't have freaking trash cans overflowing with grass clippings because I control the growth of the grass and I, you know, keep it acceptably green, but I'm not creating another issue. Whereas maybe their previous guy, he'd be throwing like a lot of slow release urea on the lawn. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And they'd have bags and cans of grass clippings after every mow. And Matt, you do understand that. Here in Hawaii, when that happens, there's literally nowhere for that stuff to go. Ray, 
pretty much no matter where you're at in Tennessee, as long as you're outside of the downtown area of the major cities, there's nothing mm-hmm. but space for grass clippings and whatever it is you want to put out there. Cars in the driveway, an, an RV in the backyard, a swimming pool, what, a basketball. You could put whatever. We've got space for days. You can get Understood a barrel and-, and burn it all if you need to. With diesel <laughs> exactly. You can turn yeah, exactly. a I mean, barrel into a uh mm-hmm. into a, a a grill, into a barbecue grill if you want to. Yeah, I I I've seen that where uh true or false met you can basically run what I call an incinerator. And what that is is that's a, a metal drum that feeds air and the air swirls and you can use Oh, that in the bottom of the drum? Con- yeah, everybody does that. Yeah. <laughs> you, no, you can basically use that to consume anything combustible. Just burn it to ash. But right, right. You do don't that. even have to have trash service at all. No trash service at all. You just put a, all your trash from the week in that incinerator. I mean, yeah, that's commonplace. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I listen, oh, you can't do that in boxes. I feel terrible about can't throwing do that. away all the boxes. Uh so I burn all of our Amazon boxes that we get. Whenever we order anything and it comes in a box, I collect the boxes, break them down, take them out to the burn pile and burn them every time. I I Matt, refuse to I refuse to throw them confession? away. Confession? Confession? Yeah. I have a burn cage uh behind my house <laughs> that gets used. I, I told you, Ray, you're a redneck. Whether you choose to no. admit it or not. No, you're no, red Matt, as hell. I, no, I embrace it. Okay, Matt. I embrace it. I mean, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not going to hide. I'm not going to think that I'm all bougie or whatever. No, I mean, in, in actual practice, uh, I might as well be a little met. <laughs> Telly, we need to take Ray to go eat chicken fried steak one day. I don't, I think, I think that may oh, yeah. be something missing from his diet up there. By the way, Telly, if you met Actually, a guy from met- the South, this happened to me the mm-hmm. other day. I met someone in the South who did not know what chicken fried steak was, and I could have slapped them forward and backwards. I was Matt? blown away. Matt? Was he born actually in the had South, that. or did he transition yes! to the South? From that Kentucky! Was... From Kentucky! Matt? And did not know what chicken fried steak is. How do you come from actually, the Matt? land of KFC and not know what it is? You're broken! Matt, I, I got I to gotta counter that because... Up until a couple of years ago, I used to get frozen chicken fried steaks from Walmart and fry them up, you know, in lard. They're already like, you know, ready to eat, but I'd fry them up oh, in yeah, lard and eat them. You country. On, on you're big, country. You're from the on South. A big, on, on a big plate of mashed potatoes. The lard and stuff. And, yeah, you know what you're and doing. Gravy. Oh, you know, yeah, the chicken fried steak gravy. It's not yeah, the brown yeah. gravy. It's the whitish, like, cement like, gravy. Like, oh, that's so good. Yeah, oh, my God. It's, it's I need to go gravy, to and, and it's like it's got, like, the black pepper floating in it. And yes. I just put that whole oh, thing, dude. a plate full of mashed potatoes, and just dig in. So I know what chicken fried steak is, and I actually miss it a little. I miss it a little. <laughs> and you know, the, the main thing about it, chicken fried snakes, snake, chicken fried steak is not 
for the Germans, schnitzel. Schnitzel is very mm. similar, but it's not the same thing. Schnitzel is a little bit tougher, and they have a gravy on that too. No, no, can't compare. Actually, I've made a good, authentic Wiener schnitzel as well. And the key to that one is you have to take the veal cutlet and put it in between wax paper or parchment paper and pound that stuff thin. And then you dip so, it in the uh, egg and the breading. And traditionally, they fry in butter. But, Telly, I prefer lard because it gets crispier. This and we is... will all die when we're 60 years old, a congestive hot bullshit. failure. No, bullshit. Because, <laughs> Telly, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know... My cholesterol and my triglycerides are such that the last time the doctor looked at my blood work, he told me, I wish the rest of my patients had blood that looked like mine because my cholesterol and triglycerides are always low. <laughs> Ray goes to the Brazilian Welcome. Steakhouse and doesn't ever turn his card red. They just kick him out. <laughs> They're just like, dude. <laughs> You're done, SA. Sir. Out. Sir. Out. It's time to go. Time to go. <laughs> Welcome to the Food Network. I hope you enjoyed the uh, tidbit there from Emerald Lagasse of Hawaii. Uh, teaching us about <laughs> schnitzel and chicken fried steak. But did you get, oh, but, well, that would, you know, you're on Food Network now. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize you got out of your contract with HGTV, Matt. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> that, that is real inside yep. baseball there. Sure. Uh, Telly, talk to us. You're here. You're on the show. Thank you for being our guest tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. I'm glad someone else from Tennessee is here. So. Yeah, that's right. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. If people don't know. I originated from Alabama, and there's nothing really going on in Alabama. There's nothing really going on in Alabama. So... I decided to join the army and I wound up here. Long story short, we can travel back on that and everything. But let's start off with the first time I mowed a lawn. The first time I mowed a lawn, I was in Alabama and I had, like I said in the past, centipede lawn. We lived in low income housing and it was ranch style housing and it was all divided up. So everybody had was responsible for like 1,500 square feet. But, you know, mm -hmm. living in low income housing, Every, you're not going to buy a lawnmower for 1,500 square feet, except for me. I was a lawnmower guy and I undercut. I was like Walmart. I undercut everybody. <laughs> no, it might be showing my age. It may be showing my age on how much I charge per 1,500 square feet. Um, I charge $3.50 for 1,500 square feet. <laughs> now, <laughs> you know, this... <laughs> This was, you know, this is 14 year old me. And, you know, I, I, you know, that's just to get them in the door. I did it like two or three times. Everybody else moved out the way. Then I jacked them prices up right down to ten dollars. And, and that was great <laughs> because, you know, I can get, you know, in the 1980s, you know, ten dollars will get you a lot. I mean, that's more than a, a ten dollars will fill up your car twice. So, you know, it was great as a teenager getting that kind of money and in 1,500 square feet, you know, I didn't do nothing but mow it. I didn't blow it. It was just mowed and everybody was happy with it. So that's my first taste of lawn care. Um, 
after that, you know, join the army. And when, when you're in the army, you know, you're in a place for two, three years and you move on. You really don't have time. Well, I guess turf therapy did, but you don't have time to really, um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have time to really sit your roots down and, and really get a good lawn. But, um, but, you know, after I got out of the military, I decided to save my money up and buy a house that I'm proud of that I want to stay in for a long time. And, and then I, you know, that's a little bit of my background story. You know, I, I uh, joined the army because of all the wrong reasons. I wanted them to pay my bills. And then I was in the desert so quick. It wasn't even funny. And but, you know, they paid my bills. And that's a where, little bit about where all I don't know how you far go, you want me to go to. Where all did you go when you were in the army? One place, the desert. The <laughs> desert. Well, I, I, <laughs> basically. Basically, different parts of the desert, the rocky desert, the sandy desert, the desert. And but I wasn't digging ditches. I was telling people to dig ditches because I went to college first and I was actually a warrant officer. So I was flying helicopters at the time. So do it now. I even did it when I got out. I was a part of Life Flight for many years and just recently got out of that. And and now new adventures, new things. And I'm moving on. Yeah, so I got a. <laughs> I, I knew Robert was going to show up. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure y'all got some army jokes that y'all can crack on each other. Uh, Probably so. I, I won't understand, but uh, all right. So you were flying helicopters. What kind of helicopter did you fly? I flew the Apache. That's the helicopter I flew, and it was pretty fun. It was hard <laughs> flying over here in the United States um, because they have telephone poles. And they have telephone <laughs> wires and you would hit those. And there's a possibility. No, I didn't hit them, but there's a possibility of hitting those. But when you're in the desert, this really doesn't happen. Uh, part of the reason I didn't <laughs> re-enlist is because it's a very stressful job. You never go around and look around and see a helicopter pilot with a lot of hair and with no gray hair. And that's because they train a lot in the United States. And it's just very stressful. You're just night flying and you're going up and down and you're stressing out. I had a big ball spot right here in the top of my head. And I was like, nah, it's too much. I was getting ulcers and stuff. So I didn't re up. They asked me to, and they paid me a lot. They offered me a lot of money to re up, but it's not worth it. So then I came here and started flying helicopters. Yeah. What did you (laughs) fly? What, what did you fly here? Well, I flew for Vanderbilt. I flew a life flight helicopter. Um, they have like proprietary helicopters that they fly. And oh, okay, so it went like a Robinson R forty four or a Airbus. It was based on it was cool based like on a Robertson, but it was okay. um, it was a proprietary. Um, so essentially, they have it's an it's basically an ambulance with with a propeller on it. Pretty much, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, 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 right. right. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, told, I, you kind of told me about that. <laughs> and there was a lot of adventures and stuff like that. And being from the military, I was a little more aggressive. But, you know, sitting here in Nashville, which is right there close to a major army base, in which they had an influx of people who were just out of the military, I did not, um, they did not pay you very well. So I was like, you know, it, it came to a point in time in which, you know, is this really worth it? Yeah, it's fun to do, but, you know, you got to put food on your table. You got to pay your bills. And the job that I had before um, joining the Army would actually pay more than life flight. So. 
That's a little bit about my history. It's non-turf yeah. related, but you know, we'll get there. You've done a lot more in your life than I have. You know, listen, if if we if we had to compare things, one, I've never been to a desert. Um, I've never saved anybody's life. Um, I've never been in a helicopter. Uh, I've never oh, Yeah, I offered to take you in a helicopter and you refused. Listen, I'm scared of heights, okay? I, like legit freaked out of heights, my own height. We're the same height, aren't we, Telly? When yeah. you look down, do you get nervous at your at how high up you are in the air? I do. I can get well, I've dizzy been, I've, just looking at my feet sometimes. No shit. It's a weird thing I have. I can't when I change light bulbs, if I can't stand on the floor and change it with, with just my reach, oh my I don't want to stand on a stool to change it. It freaks me out. I will stand on my tippy toes and sidearm the thing until I get it done before I stand up on a stool because it just it makes me so uncomfortable. So honestly, my plan was to be very nice to you and be very slow and take off and then go off like a bat out of hell and make you lose <laughs> your ever loving mind. And <laughs> I would be and then have you on videotape. the entire time. <laughs> oh man well thank you thank you for your service first off yes um, thank you that's very incredible much. absolutely incredible um i love i oh, love man, having bro. uh all the people that that served on uh ryan your brother is in the armed forces or was in the armed forces is that correct yes he is a major in the army yeah does he fly helicopters he does not fly helicopters no okay he's on desk duty just asking on desk yeah, duty. Yeah, once you reach over captain, you're desk duty. <laughs> desk duty. All right. Let's talk about your yard. You 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 move into the you move into your house. Uh when did you decide you were going from zero to a hundred? Ha. That's a good way to put it. Um we me and my wife, we spent 10 years in a small raggedy trailer saving up money for our dream home. And so we were like, we're not going to go small. We're going to go big. I'm a big guy. We're going big or we're going nothing at all. So, <laughs> so we got a, we got a home that's fairly large and we got a large lot, not as big as, uh, uh, who's your guest last week? What is his name? It just popped out of my mind. Where John Ware. John Ware. Where? Yes. John not as big as yeah. where. Not not three thousand, not three acres. Mine is an acre, one point eight acres. So we got one point eight acres. I was smart enough to have uh irrigation installed over around the house, which is twenty-two thousand square feet just around the house. And then I didn't know nothing else about lawns. I didn't know if I wanted to go. Cool season, warm season. I didn't even know what cool season and warm season was. And, but I just knew that I wanted, just like everybody else, I wanted a golf course lawn. Just oh, like everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It hurts, yeah, it hurts yeah, me yeah. to hear that, Ray. It hurts me. I know and, it does know, no because... <laughs> and I made mistakes. I made mistakes. So I, So, you know, I told the builder just to put down some crap. I don't care what it is because I'm going to kill it anyway. And that's what he did. He put down some crap and then I killed it with glyphosate. And then I had it 
not tealed, but I had it leveled. Yeah, no, that's mm. not quite the, that's after seeding. That's problems. But it's, wow. the, no, it's the brown one, this, JP. You have this labeled as uh, you're killing weeds and big weed problem during your reno. And then Yikes. this yeah. is. There you go. There you go. I know oh it's a little God. blurry right there, but that's everything dead. And uh, and then I had that's like everything a, dead. There you go. That's everything dead, dead, dead. But what I didn't do, I killed it dead, but then I didn't water it after that. And then I had some topsoil brought in. And I didn't water okay. that either. Okay. And then I plant yeah. this area right here is the only area that I didn't bring in topsoil. So it looks a little bit better. Now I go back to the picture that has all the weeds. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I, there we go. So that is Yukon seeded about three weeks after seed. Yeah. Ooh. No, maybe a, maybe a month. Maybe a month after seeding. And can you see any uh, Yukon on that? Yeah, maybe a little Not bit. Not a lot. Maybe there's a, a close-up uh, JP two? if you have one. Um, yeah, there's there's like little little green shoots. There you go. Uh, <laughs> underneath there you it go. all. There you go. And there's okay. a bitch. <laughs> it's just like the yeah. salt man. He sprinkled a little bit of Bermuda in there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's, that's what I was dealing with. That's what I was dealing with. So I had, and I until this day, I still have goosegrass hail. It's all goosegrass. And, you know, you know, I made some mistakes in the stuff that I applied on it. I don't really want to consider and talk about. Um, but <laughs> it, it being young and naive and listening to and that's the bad thing about Facebook, you know, someone who really wants to learn something and really knows the proper way to do things. Just stay off of Facebook because they're going to tell you the, the, the wrong advice. So people told me to put on a <laughs> chemical that was that is banned. And that you shouldn't put on on you know your lawn, but I did because I was naive and didn't know it. Um, it wasn't very effective uh, the first go round or the second go round, but it it, it kind of helped the third go round. So um, that's why I'm not going to even mention the chemicals now. Don't yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, and then if you go back to the the JP to the picture that you had before with killing weeds, yeah. So that's after three rounds of treatment. It started looking a little bit better, um, but I eventually got over that. I eventually got over all that goose grass. Um, I was so paranoid about goose grass, so entirely paranoid about goose grass. I went on a Google frenzy trying to see what could kill goose grass or prevent goose grass. And then I ran across something called Ronstar. Um, Ron, Ronstar is a pre-emergent. Um, and I decided that I was going to use it. I didn't do like I was supposed to and read the label. Um, there's a reason why it's not used for residential turf either. Um, I, I happen to have a almost 300 gallon fish tank, um, in the fish tank, you know, you don't want to draw air from outside. I'm sorry, from inside the house. Cause it has a whole lot of carbon dioxide. It raises the pH. You want to draw it from outside the house. So I had, I'm on the, the tanks oh, on the second floor now. And I had a 
airline from my fish tank all the way out to the outside on the second floor. You know, airline, here's a pin. It's about the size of a pin and it's constantly sucking. Yeah, I use Ronstar granules and I put it in my front yard, watered it in, came back, you know, and started cooking or cleaning or whatever I was going to be doing in the house. And my daughter's like, hey, daddy, um, something wrong with your fish. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're all kind of on the top. Yeah. So for our listeners who don't know about Ronstar and why you have to be careful and read the label, Ronstar is, well, maybe Ray can tell me what Ronstar is to fish. Ronstar is just poison to them. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, they, they don't like it death. because, yeah, because all that happened to Telly's fish is a little bit of fugitive dust from when he was spreading Ronstar G got sucked into his aquarium's air system and the air system distributed that Ronstar into the water and, you know, I'm sad to say the fish got the worst of it. I mean, I'm still mourning your fish, Telly. Well, you know, it, you know, if, if, if it was just the fish, it would be okay. But apparently mm -hmm. it still is poisonous to my corals. I had coral reefs that I was growing for years. And um, okay. yeah, Ronstar don't like that either. So, you know, it okay, well, was $1,500 of just fish that died. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the corals and everything. And then the rocks that I used, which were imported from Fiji, um, could not be used again because it was soaked into the rocks. So whenever I introduce another fish, it would be like, hey, I'm happy. Hey, I'm dead. So, yeah, until I figured that out. So, yeah. So for everybody listening, if you don't get anything out of this Turf Thursday, don't use it. Read the label. Don't do what I just did. don't. Yeah, there we go. Just don't yeah. do things on your yard that you shouldn't do. There's a reason for that, right? You mentioned Facebook, and I got to bring this up because you know you're in some Facebook groups that correct um, push some very questionable yeah. and downright, you know, uh, illegal, right? Because it labels law illegal practices. You know what? Right. If, if you could, uh, you know. Talk some sense into those people or just, you know, grab them by the shoulders and shake the shit out of them. What would you tell them? Well, you know, I already have something typed up in, uh, because it happens <laughs> a lot in some of the Facebook posts. And, you know, it gets my blood pressure going. Um, and people advocate it all the time. The, the misuse of chemicals and the use of chemicals that aren't labeled for residential turf. And people always have the saying, oh, it's just that the chemical manufacturer didn't take the time to test it. That's what people on Facebook say all the time. No, they had a time to test it. They had a time to test it. They, they just, you know, it, it's, it's a reason why they do that. And I have it copied and pasted. I use a copy and paste it in Facebook, copy and paste it every single time. And it just irks my soul, my ever living soul. When someone says, put, chemicals that you shouldn't put in chemicals on thank you chemicals that you shouldn't put in your lawn on goosegrass and they always do it with goosegrass and they always use ronstar 
And it's, it, it, it just really irks my soul. It gets my blood pressure yeah. going. And, and no matter how many times you tell them that, four or five posts below it, it's like, use it, use it. I used it, use it, use it. <laughs> and, and, and the okay. thing about it is that people don't really understand that people like me and people like who I was three years ago is the reason why a lot of these chemicals get banned. So what if I'm using Ronstar and my, uh, my neighbor's a senator and his wife has freaking my neighbor is, I'm sorry, I have someone looking at me right here. It's kind of distracting. What if my <laughs> wife, what if my wife was a, sen the, the neighbor's wife was a senator? It's not. But what if the neighbor's wife was a senator and I killed all her fish? And there was an investigation. I don't know. No, then, then you're the in big doo-doo. Yeah, you're in big doo-doo in, you know, uh, a couple of things. One, the chemical companies are incentivized to sell as much product as they can, right? They want to register that product, generally speaking, for as many people as they can. However, there's some products that during that process, that registration process, that's going to take up to 10 years, right? Like new stuff that's coming out now was first in the ag market. Uh, most likely there's very, you know, there's not that many terse specific actives that we get these days or terse specific chemistries that we get these days. But to say that they just didn't test it on lawns, right, or they didn't want to or whatever is just a fallacy in and of itself, right? Um, a lot of times what this turns out to be, right, is just like anything that's dangerous, right, you don't let certain people have it. So just like you wouldn't let your, ha your you know, five-year-old child have a firearm probably, right, until they've been Tennessee. trained and they understand it and they respect it and all that. Yeah, Tennessee, right? East Tennessee, right. Right, Matt. Yeah, I Good was old like, well, rocky time. I'm five years. Ago, my dad. Never mind. Go ahead. I'm just saying. I'm just saying in general terms. So no, but this is true though. This is general terms. There are exceptions. I'm not saying there's not exceptions. But my point here is, is this: is that the federal government and even the chemical companies, in a lot of cases, have deemed those people, right, the homeowners, to be the five-year-old children of this market because of the exact reason that you just said, Telly, because they know that there's a propensity of people to do stuff that they shouldn't do with it, and it's just not worth putting it in their hands, right? From a legal standpoint, it's not worth putting it in their hands. So, you know, what do you do? You you try the best you can. You put the label on it. You say the label's the law. Matt and Ray and I have talked ad nauseum about how, you know, pesticide inspectors, everybody like that, they're not going to do anything unless there's a complaint. Now, if you killed uh, Mrs. Senator's fish next door, there's probably going to be a complaint. Something's going to get found out and then you're going to be in deep doo-doo. And I'm, I, you know, who knows? Those are probably isolated incidents. Probably don't get a whole lot of publicity, things like that. But I'm sure it happens. I'm sure that there's off-target applications that come from homeowners and we have big-time problems from it. So I've done you know, it. That's, and it caused big-time problems. You also burned a shed down too. I you did. I, mean, I did. Yeah. There, they, there's, I, you know... You know should can't trust you with have matches anymore. <laughs> no more matches. But my neighbor has 2.5 gallons of certain chemicals that, you know, I wish I could just steal from a shed. Maybe you should just burn the shed However, down. But let the fire department yeah, know what's yeah, in yeah. there. Telly, you yeah. tell me when you're ready. I'm real good at fire <laughs> instructors. I'm just saying. Okay. But Telly, here's what burns me up about that whole substance that I will not name. Uh, I'm familiar with it because remember now, I did lawn care, you know, all the way back in the 1990s when it was not 
a prohibited substance. And in order for that one herbicide to work against goosegrass, it has to be tank mixed with another herbicide. And the people that are not tank mixing it and just subjecting their turf to round after round of the product, they're just polluting the environment and not even killing the weeds. Whereas if they tank mixed it appropriately, burn in return, done. Right. And now, you know, fast forward four years later, you know, I have mm -hmm. Revolver, I have uh, Quicksilver, and I have Celsius. Mm -hmm. I can mix all that stuff up and I'm good. Yeah. And doesn't that actually work a lot better? Or to me, I don't miss it. I don't miss the old days because, you know, that current mix that you described, the Celsius, the Revolver, and the Quicksilver? I find right. that that mix is a lot more selective and subtle in that half the time people don't even realize I sprayed until the weeds just suddenly look singed several yeah, days absolutely. later. Absolutely. Because that quicksilver, I mean, it, it, it gets it. It gets it like in two, three days. It gives a, a someone that satisfaction that everybody wants. You know, you know, Celsius takes a while. Revolver takes a minute. So it hits it with a good one, and then the other one comes back around and hits someone with a left hook for the Celsius, and the and then the right hook again for the revolver. It's, it, it it takes it out. It, it's just a, it's just a. How shall I say? It's just a Conor McGregor uh, knockout. Then you know. It's pretty much like a one, two, three down. And so, you know, I don't miss the old days because early on, I realized that in order to get the true burn in return, I had to tank mix it with another herbicide and then I'd get the action. Then I'd get that goosegrass fried in one shot. Right, right. And, you know, not to change the subject too much, but I know JP has one of these pictures. There's another thing that I need to tell people and is certain people of another color. You mm -hmm. absolutely need to worry about getting sunburned when you're out there. Oh. You know, there are certain people like myself who don't think you need sunscreen and mm -hmm. it's very important that you do so. Because I accidentally got sunburned for the first time in my life during my first initial seating. That looks very, very good, don't it? I mean, I went and took a shower and I was like, why is everything burning? I've never had this safe sensation what? before. What is going what? on? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I was bright red. You see that? I was red, red. I was toasty. So it's very important that you protect your skin, people, no matter what nationality you are you have to make sure that that is something that you do i thought you were gonna start talking this about the teletubbies there for a second <laughs> i thought i thought this was gonna lead into uh your uh your tattoo but you... uh, we can talk about that <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta somehow uh, kind of relate that to turf i don't i gotta see I, i'm trying to think in my mind how that can relate to something yeah, I'm right, we'll, we'll, just we'll, picturing. We'll let... Never mind. I, I was I was thinking an appropriately place that was going to say, you know, touch my cyclic. 
Only Telly would get that joke. That's a helicopter joke. <laughs> I was I went way over my head. I was like that cyclic. I was having no, to spell it no. in my head. I was like, how do you spell that? Is there an I or a Y? Which one is in there? Is there an S in there? Um, we'll, we'll tell I can explain later. How did you choose Yukon? What, what, why, why did you settle on Yukon? I'm curious. Uh, I chose it. Number one, I could not, cause I spent a lot on my house, so I couldn't afford to get sawed. And plus it was 22,000 square feet. So at the time it was, so I couldn't afford that. And I didn't know anything about sprigging at the time. So I had to do seed. So I did some research and, and seeding. And at the time, Yukon was out, Riviera was out, and I think Monaco was out at the point in time. So I decided, I looked at some of the trials, and some of the trials said that uh, Yukon actually had better cold tolerance. So that's what I picked. And it does. I mean, I see quick green up. I greened up this year in March, late March. I, that's that's my front yard right there. I greened up late March this year. And um, it has a couple issues with it because uh, Yukon is not tolerate tolerant of quinclorac. I found yes. that out when I was trying to kill yep. the weeds in my yard. I put down some quinclorac because that's cheap. And, you know, yep. I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I need economy of scale because I, my lawn is uh, quickly progressing um, from 22,000 square feet. I think it's now is 50,000 square feet and I, and it's all irrigated and I keep progressing from there. And I have another 8.8 acres that I plan on irrigating and cutting real low as well. And when I say real low, I don't mean half an inch because this year I maintained my lawn at 0.1. Yeah, 0.1. So, and I, at one time I had dropped below that, but you know, that means I do a lot and I do it all from a push mower. Before that, actually, before my push mower, I had a manual reel. There we go. I cut my lawn for a season with that manual reel, 22,000 square feet. And the reason why I do it is because this, you know, cutting my lawn, I really enjoy it. I know Matt doesn't, but I really I enjoy it. It's my, it's my therapy to cut my lawn and it's also my exercise. So you see people walking around, they go all the way down. Matt runs every day. And what mm -hmm. does he get out of it? Running. Nothing else is accomplished but running. But when I push a joker ankles. like that, yeah, okay. yeah. Hurt ankles, hurt knees, all that stuff. But when I push a joker like that over 22,000 square feet, not only have I exercised, but I've accomplished the task. So that's why I like to do that. That's why even though I have 50,000 square feet right now, I still use a Toro 1600. I don't have a triplex. It takes me y'all may not want to know because you know like i said i'm one of these crazy people it takes me five hours to cut my lawn i and believe it i do it and i do it twice a day not twice a day twice a, day? a week damn son, a week. i was gonna twice say like twice a week, twice a week. Twice, a week. <laughs> twice a week and that's just cutting it takes five hours not trimming not blowing cutting it five hours um 
That's why I am such a proponent of PGRs, plant growth regulators, because even though I love cutting my lawn and I'm a little obsessed with cutting my lawn, I can't be out there cutting it every day. I love and, your sprayer. Uh, yeah, love it. It's, just... it, it's, it's fine. My spreader's fine. I have a little problem that happened with a spreader. You see, I want everybody to experience the lawn through me. All the problems, all the failures. <laughs> Let me make the failures. <laughs> Let me make all the problems. And then, and then when I'm on these Facebook groups, don't give me all kinds of hell because I've done it. So as a new guy with this Let's Go Spreader, as soon as it came in the mail, it comes in, uh, do I have it around here? It comes with yellow um, nozzles. The, uh, yep. It doesn't come with the red nozzles that it has there, that it currently has there. Um, so just like a normal homeowner who is a little bit cocky, knows his <laughs> shit right now, I don't need to, I don't need to calibrate. I, I read the instructions on the book and the spreader made instructions said that a tank full with the yellow nozzles will cover 20,000 square feet. And hey, I got 20,000 square feet. So I filled it up with 50 up here and proceeded to spray, not on concrete, not just water. The first time I sprayed it. Did that uh, after 4,000 square feet, my tank was empty and I was like, uh, help me, Matt, help me, help <laughs> me. I don't know what's going on. Help me. And I have some pictures that I probably can forward, but um, my grass did recover. Um, it actually. What, what were the <laughs> symptoms you saw, if any? Yes, there were symptoms. Yes, there were symptoms. Um, they, it was very slow to green up, very extremely slow to green up. Also, all I had for that next six months was just stolons on top of stolons on top of stolons on top of stolons. It, it, you could actually pick up the whole grass in a big section like this because nothing tacked down and wherever it could tack down, it just made stolons and, and stolons on top of this. It was actually just nothing was actually touching the, the the grass and rooting down at all. I had complete coverage, but like I said, you can literally pick up the grass like this. Um, believe it or not, um, <laughs> I see people laughing, but believe it or not, a lot of kelp helped with that situation, believe it or not. At least I think it did in my faith-based agronomy. <laughs> got put three three up for the <laughs> for the yeah for all my homies yeah there you go all right so you got this uh, you got this yukon oh figured by the out. way now, the, the next the next day the red spray tips came <laughs> <laughs> yep yep <laughs> I think you just need, you know, you need to, if if you were ever going to engage in uh, in the buy my shit movement, you should just sell the Telly Coleman starter pack of <laughs> here's all the stuff to hack screwing up all the shit that I screwed up so that you don't screw that same shit up. 
Well, I'm trying is, to tell them. This is, I, I guess, with after that, was that when um, How To With Doc reached out to you to become uh, a showcase property for his advertisements? Was that before or after that? Oh, my God. Um, I don't... <laughs> I have no, I have no affiliation with. Tell me that you're a centerfold without being, you know, telling me that you're a centerfold. Tell you a centerfold. Show me. If you currently go in, if you currently go into Google and type in UConn Bermuda grass, one of the first lawns that you will see is um, my house, my lawn. Um, I was contacted by a seed company who told me that they were interested. I think they saw my lawn on the lawn form and they were interested in uh showcasing my lawn to try to sell their seat literally the first one it's it is literally one. the first one <laughs> it is all over it actually on this first page and those first two right. pictures you see is the first three pictures on the right those are all three of those are, are my lawn there and <laughs> um and it just so happens that i think that one of the yeah that was Maybe my second or third. That was my third year, I believe. Um, yeah, that's not me. But um, it just so happens, I think, how to with Doc. I think he made a deal with the same C company. And that's how he started advertising with my lawn. Gotcha. And I could be I could be a mean person and say, hey, C company, I don't want to you know, take down my lawn, take down my lawn. Cause I don't approve of that. But I mean, I just let it fly too is much it, pressure. It, I mean, I have other stuff to worry about. It? Exactly. No, exactly. No. Uh, so, yeah, that that's an interesting. So, uh, Sean wanted me to bring that up. Uh, I, he's commented hey, like Sean. three times so far that <laughs> Sean already knew the answer. Get Sean's just being an ass. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. That's what he does. <laughs> uh, all right. Can we take a look at your soil test for grins, grins and giggles? I'm sorry. I got the hiccups. Sure. Okay. Uh-oh. March 2021. This is your front yard. Mm-hmm. I guess that's and a before right and after. Yep. And the other one's from September. It was from uh, two weeks ago. Oh. oh. So you yeah. are removing your clippings then? Yeah. No. What? What? Mm-hmm. No. Not at all. I do not remove my clippings, but, you know, I get sand capped all the time. This is uh, after. Uh, this is after. Solution is the solution. Sand caps. Yeah. Interesting. Sand time. Okay. Sand time. All right. Yeah, because I was like, that everything seven, went down significantly. Except for your mm-hmm. magnesium. Well, actually, after that 7.3 pH soil, I started uh, applying a lot of lime, not lime, I'm sorry, uh, citric acid and also sulfur. Um, I applied citric acid every week um, and watered in and then sulfur twice a month granular. I, fi- I finally found some and that's only been taking place for the last month since I found some granular, granular sulfur. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so what's, and I think the biggest giveaway there is look at your cation exchange capacity from then to now. 
I mean, uh, that is a, a perfect sign there that a significant amount of sand has been introduced uh, into that growing medium. You said yeah, you got three inches of sand? At that's what you're at, at right minimum. now. Caps. Minimum. Oh, so son, look at that. That's, that's, oh, man, you got a CR-10 out there, and that's an old-school Turfco CR-10. Look at that bad boy. Look at that, that tractor. Yeah, big floater tires on that thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big flotation tires. So they, I might have to, that's big time. I might have to step I might have to step away for a minute here. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. So pinpoint accuracy from the operator. Yeah. Right on the edge of the sidewalk. Now oh, if that was if if that was Ray or Ryan Noor or somebody like that, they would go with a shovel right along that edge of the sidewalk there and just dress that in real nice and neat, you know. Oh, what did oh, you do did. about the sidewalk edges? Oh, did, did you? Yes, I did. I was out there. I'm, I was doing the whole thing. And that Look is, that. That oh, is yeah. probably about six inches of a sand cap right there. My goodness. Yes. So, you know, I, I don't do things half-ass. So I wanted a smooth lawn, and there you go. Full-ass top dressing. If I've ever seen one. Well, hey. yeah, it, it's called a, a whole ass uh, top dressing uh, because let me guess, Tully, since you did that, mowing got a lot easier for you because you're not fighting with the divots and the ditches. But I'm telling you, you get, I was like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But did you get pushback from your other half? Because I, I hear the pushback, too, where... uh. It's like, did you see what the lawn guy did? Our, our yard is now a beach. What the hell? <laughs> did you get yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> every time the dog needed to be walked, it tracked in sand. I tracked in mm-hmm. sand. My son tracked in sand. There was sand everywhere. And, you know, I did my top dressing a little bit late. Just a taste. I did it on August the 20th. Or it was, mm-hmm. yeah, the very end of August. But, you know, I'm not. I don't recommend that to the average avid homeowner because my turf brain synchronized the top dressing with PGR rebound and mm-hmm. two pounds of nitrogen. I did a pound three days before and put a pound three days after on top and watered it in. That's the Matt Martin spite method, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I it's will in. sign that check every day of the week. I 100% <laughs> approve. So, so right now I have very little sand that you can see at all. Maybe in That's the good. parts that were, that had like six plus inches. They still what? haven't quite grown in. Dang. They still haven't grown in, but yeah. That's what next summer's so for. Right, so right there. If you look at the wow. very right corner there, you'll see some white. That is sand that was very, very deep. Because okay. you had a big hole to fill, right? You had a big, you had big holes to fill. Where, so, you know, Correct. what I always tell people when sand capping is, this is not something that you do half-ass. Either you do or you don't do. There is no, you know, eh, quarter inch. You know, you know, it's do or do not do. There is no try. 
Only thing I'll say here, actually two things to say on this. Number one, on the sand cap, if you have cool season, you don't can't do this. Yeah, you got to do this do that. very slowly, right? So, you know, half inch at a time. The second thing on the soil test, you know, the only thing I can't figure out because I can't figure it out in general, apparently, is how come you, you didn't use that coupon code for my soil, that Turf Truth coupon code? I don't. I well. The, I don't understand. I, well, that's because I got. I, you're only seeing two soil tests right there. But oh, I got okay. Four. I don't. But understand. I got four of. I got four of those soil tests for the price of one. So why would I use a coupon code when I got four for the price of one? I'm just saying there should be a coupon it's code like for that. Magic. Turf Truth 2021. Uh, I you are going to flood my email inbox again with everybody asking me if I'm Turf Truth. When, let's get when, this. Whenever, let's get this out of the way. Let's get this out whenever of the way. It comes up, whenever it comes up, I get every video he puts out. I get a stream of text messages like, "Hey, are you Turf Truth?" I'm like, no, I am not Turf Truth. And then I get a barrage of emails. Hey, I saw your new video out. It was such a, you know, the content you put out is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you, I am not like, get over it. That's, that's not me. I, okay. And, and let me, let me take it even a step further. I, I 100% turf truth is, is as extreme as Ray, but in a different path, right? So, Ray is very extreme in the way he does things, right? Not a lot of variation. He's got his methodology. He sticks to it. Not a lot of variation. Turf Truth is in that same vein, right? Where you stick to 100% peer-reviewed research, and if it strays from that, you don't even consider it. Like, it's, it's gone. It's out. We're not going to think outside the box. We're going to walk straight and narrow down the path of peer-reviewed research. If anybody has ever heard me on YouTube or uh, in real life or on Thirsty Thursday or whatever, um, knows that I definitely have some wiggle room outside of it. the The difference is is that I I do believe in a in uh, in a, a foundation of good agronomic practices, but. I also believe in certain situations you can think outside the box, get creative, and um, and take advantage of the different tools that we have out there, whether they're peer reviewed or not, uh, to um, uh, elicit some different types of of responses, or just you know use them in specific ways. Like you know you're trying to delay dormancy, and the night before your frost, you go out and you spray calcium nitrate to pre- prevent it from frosting over. Things like that. That's not a peer-reviewed tactic. That's it's trial by fire kind of sort of thing, right? So I am not that extreme uh, to begin with, and uh, I also I'm not I'm I do not write that well. Those are all scripted videos. I'm not even close to being able to write that well. <laughs> that is someone who is very well read. That is someone who is extremely educated, and that ain't me. I, I'll tell you right now. I'm I'm. You're gooder in math. Trash. I'm Mississippi trash, really, to begin with. So <laughs> I, I that is not the kind of plane that I operate on, right? So I can't even stand on a on a on a damn ladder to change a light bulb or a stool to change a light bulb. I'm such a weirdo, right? And you know, yeah. So 
my point. That is that is not me. Uh and uh and that's just that's just how it is. So please stop texting me and emailing the hell out of me. Uh good or bad. I, honestly, when the people are mad at me and email me about it, I don't mind then because I love a good argument because I'm a girl at heart. Um but uh when when I get the the emails of praise, you know, I'm just like, listen, that is not that's not me. I'm not I'm not smart enough to do that. I'm not educated enough. I'm not well read enough. I'm not I don't write well enough to do that. That's that's not me. So you know, yeah, and the funny thing is is that you know, I'm I'm not trying to get off topic here. I was just saying it as a joke, right? I it, it's something that's going around, whatever. And I don't mean it towards anyone on this panel because we're not any of us are not turf truth. If we were I, I be honest, like I, I think we're pretty unabashed about uh, what we think works and what we think doesn't, right? I don't think we would need to make a cartoon, nor do I think that any of us have the time, wherewithal, or headspace to do that on a consistent basis. So, um, you know, it's, I think everybody is just flipping out, right? They feel personally threatened. I'm sure at some point these people or this person or whatever they are, right? It's probably going to get into something we do and say how we're morons, right? And mm-hmm. you know what? That's fine, Ray. I know your your feelings on academics, right? Um, <laughs> and and how how do I how do I how do I not how do I pussyfoot around this a little bit? Um, <laughs> yeah, just how much you. Yeah, uh, feel for them. Feel for them is a good way, right? I just got a text you know, I, that you must be hey, turf truth. Yeah, yeah. You know the Thanks, the biggest Sean. thing here, and I well, yeah. While while we're on the subject, I just want to say this because I know that things are heating up with this whole thing. Is this that I wish that that person or those group of people they would address the disease and not the symptoms, right? Like a lot of the stuff that's coming out, you know, is showing people how to spot what's wrong right with the marketing claim or whatever that's fine you know um i'm not saying that this person or this these people need to show the right answer or how to you know how to do things or anything like that you see a lot of people that are clamoring for them to show your lawn or do this or do that and show us the way of how you would do it and i don't really think that that's this individual's point or this group of people's point i I think it's more of just pointing out flaws for the sake of people being able to recognize and point out flaws. But, you know, the, the problem is Ray, you might not want to hear this, but I, I, you know, I believe in turf research. I do believe that there is a, a a point to it. There's a, a a need for it and it's gone way downhill in the last 20 years. Right. To the point that a lot of what gets done, a lot of what gets done now though, Ray is efficacy studies and trials and, and, paid stuff right that's not ever published right it's only a little tiny mis you know misrepresented gra- uh, graph in a uh, trade magazine or you know some web copy or something like that and so you know the there's a lot to answer for as far as the academics go as far as i'm concerned um before we're starting to point fingers at people that are making claims they need to look a little bit more inward and they need to yeah there, they so. need to look at the, however at the same time i don't necessarily fault them because I do realize that ever since the USDA stepped back from vetting products after the 1980s, uh, 
things basically went to hell in a handbasket. I mean, that is why we have people hawking stuff like uh, fertilizer on charcoal granules and kelp mixed with uh, humic and a little bit of iron citrate as the greatest thing that uh, could ever happen to lawn maintenance. It's not necessarily, you know, the researcher's fault because unfortunately research has become very much privatized and sold to the highest bidder. Yeah, I think so. Here's here's the bigger issue, right? And we talked a little bit about you know what Telly goes through in these Facebook groups and reading, you know, quote unquote advice that comes down. Mm-hmm. That used to be dished out, and Matt knows one of the best extension people to ever walk this planet, Doctor Tom Samples. Right? You could take his class six times, and uh, what 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 what's your name again? Hey, son. It's, it's good to see you there. What? Well, yeah, yeah. It's, it's real good to see you. Dr. Samples, you remember that time in class? Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what, you, were, you, were you in my class? That's, that's good. That's good. I'm glad, glad you were there. But Telly deals with this stuff all the time, and I look at it on the pro side and see, you know, the same stuff where um, University Extension has allowed this vacuum to be created because there's not nearly enough of them, right? It's not supported from a university perspective. But there used to be, be, be you know, way more people out there from a university perspective, right, educating people on what was right and what was wrong, right, and trying to give mm-hmm. them good recommendations that were sound, research-based, evidence-based, all that kind of stuff, and it simply doesn't happen anymore because we have reduced, you know, those petition, or positions, reductions, and forces, um, and they really haven't adapted, right? We're still putting out, um, in, like, NCSU Terrafiles, great reference, great resource, but, man, the tubes gets people in, like, it draws people in, so... You got to give it to these guys that are putting out information. They have adapted to the times and they have filled a vacuum right in this space to do it. The last thing, last two things I'll say on this, because I, I just feel like I got to get this out because people are complaining to me too in different channels and different uh, ways. Some of them do think you're turf truth too, by the, Matt, by the way, I have to shut them down. But yes, they um, do. you do. It's stupid. It really is. Is this, is that... Um, we're not going to answer just what Matt said. You know, being a purist and everything in turf is kind of a, a very, uh, very much a fool's errand, right? There are so many questions that are unanswered right now that can't be proven, right? Because we don't have either the means, right, in terms of money and funding and independent funding to carry out the research that we need to answer all these questions. And or we don't have the methods, right? We just don't, simply don't have the tech, the time, whatever the case might be to be able to do it in a, in a short enough format of two or three years, like a normal research cycle. So there's a lot of things there that are just messed up in general that we're not going to have the answers to. Last thing is this. Turf Truth, if you're listening, I have just one question for you. If you could name your top three research priorities for turf in the next 10, 15 years, funding aside, I just want to hear those. I'd be really, I mean, I don't say that with malice or being pissed off or anything like that. I really want to know, right? We're seeing a lot of dubious product claims. We're seeing a lot of people, you know, try to fix problems that don't exist and create those problems and a product to solve it, all that kind of stuff. I would like to hear from somebody who's clearly a well-read, well-reasoned turfgrass scientist what they think the priority should be, and let's figure out how we can get there. All right, back before, to Telly. Well, you know, Shane, my go ahead. Go my ahead, opinion go ahead. about my opinion about turf truth. You know, I'd love to hear this seriously. As a <laughs> 
homeowner and a you know i consume a lot of content in youtube and stuff like that who he is or who he's not is irrelevant to me because you will you will never live up to the person that people want you to be and you always succeed when you're the person that you want to be so it doesn't matter i want to be the best person i can be ray is the best person he is matt the may you're the best person you are so mm -hmm. it's irrelevant to me it's kind of like you know people arguing over spilled milk it's already said it's already done who cares who it is as long as the information is good and accurate you know in my opinion ray has given me more advice than turf truth will ever because ray is accessible to me i can easily contact him i can easily you know feed off of him all this information that i was telling you about about uh goose grass did i learn that on my own no he told me that's what happened so forget about turf truth not unless he's turf truth but forget about Turf. now no telly telly we gotta say <laughs> you know, we gotta tell you there's a bunch of people here that love you right and this is your intervention for being turf truth we all know it we're here, we're here to help you will you accept will you accept will you accept treatment tonight will you get on the plane tonight all right go on. I, i'm still in denial as far as that's concerned but i tell you what ray is something else let me tell you let me tell you a story about ray let me tell you about a story about ray. so when i first got on the seed of the website with the seed and stuff you know i had a big ass head i was like yeah i'm on the website and all this stuff i showed a picture in the discord uh, of my grass and maybe ray don't even remember this but you know the victim always remembers so um i showed a picture of my grass and every, and like five or six people were like good job thumbs up oh that's fire hey 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 ray's ass He's he must have zoomed into it and looked at it. He was like, Taylor, you need to sharpen your blades. If I walk, if look at that craziness that you are showing right here, he was like, if I if I dared to cut someone's lawn like that, I would be fired on the spot. And I was like, well, damn. <laughs> I thought I was doing something, but you know, he can tell me, he can talk to me like that. Cause what did that do? That encouraged me. That encouraged me to sharpen my lawn, my lawn blades more than once a month. And, and so now I'm sharpening my blades, you know, believe it or not, every time I mow because it's an acre. So, you know, that's the help that you need and, and that's personalized to you. And that's why I'm so grateful to the lawn form and the lawn form discord discord and this channel and all these other channels who are personalized uh lawn yeah. care to the person who is needing it and not just some random study i needed advice from ray i needed humbling from ray and he gave it to me <laughs> so <laughs> you probably don't even remember well, it <laughs> no i do quite clearly oh, okay because <laughs> ray remembers everything telly <laughs> no no, I remember the the freed tips and the the pinched grass tips, and I said, "Oh my gosh! I mean, this just doesn't look good but, because." But the shrunk yeah. down overall <laughs> picture looked good. I, I didn't tell you yeah. to zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but here's the thing: when you fly Kelly, the drone, and it looks good. That's all that matters. You got to get the drone shot. But then, the fact of the matter is, is that I live I and die. Project. Not by the faraway drone shots or what I call the 30 mile per hour shots where it looks good for when somebody's 
blasting past, you know, in their in their car 30 miles per hour. I live and die by people sitting down on their porch looking at their grass and they look at it today, they look at it tomorrow, they look at it at the day after and it's right in front of their face. You know, I live and die by that. <laughs> so there I don't, I, is <laughs> this is on, on a much more dumbed down version of that, but when uh, when I got into spraying lawns, I learned quickly that the fastest way to be called back out to a property is to leave weeds from the path of the front door to the car or to the mailbox. That triangle right there <laughs> and within eyes view of that triangle has got to be pristine. You do not leave a weed. You do not miss a weed. You make sure that field of view is taken care of at all times because that is the fastest way to get called back out, right? Uh, and, yep. you know, right to your point, it's probably a bit more extreme than what I'm referencing there because I'm talking about, you know, uh, 50 feet one way and, you know, chances are you got a driveway and you may not even see the other side of your driveway ever. So, um, but I get it. I, I get it to an extent. And, you know, you know, I have uh, several people asking me what I apply to my lawn as far as PGR. Um, what I apply to my lawn as far as PGR is probably not what people need to apply. Um, I go a little crazy and use products that require precise delivery without, otherwise you will get death to your lawn or you'll get, <laughs> or you'll get, um, uh, definitely won't have to mow for a month or two. So I, I use Teenex, of course, and then I use Paclo and I use Agape. Um, so, which is a new, right? I believe. And so I use both of those, both three of those this year. Um, I only use Paclo and Teenex up until this year. Um, and my rates were pretty high. Um, 13 ounces an acre of both. And, um, but with precision application, you can't even turn around. You have to turn it off, turn around and go back in your same spot. Otherwise you're bronze, bronzing like crazy. But there's several reasons why I do that. Um, the reason why I do that is because I have common Bermuda in my Yukon Bermuda. And I found that with specifically with Yukon, Yukon will definitely, I can't speak for other varieties, but Yukon Bermuda grass will definitely outcompete common Bermuda very easily if you put a little bit of Paclo on all of it. So Yukon is not as affected by Paclo and the regular common stuff is affected more by Paclo. And if Jay Pink, there's a picture that shows that's labeled Yukon versus common and water, I believe. There you go. So if you look down, this is a renovation. This was last year. So if you look at the water, which is a problem that I have is why I sent a picture. I do have some standing water in that area of my lawn. But if you look low, you'll see common Bermuda. You'll see something a little bit darker. And that's all the Yukon Bermuda uh, invading that area. Um, maybe about a month ago, 
uh, it was half that size, but I push it with a lot of fertilizer and I pee and I um, pack load the hell out of it. Um, do not try this if you have sodded Bermuda. Um, I can't recommend that. I don't know how it works. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure this out, but it definitely helps when you have Yukon. Um, okay. I have gone, so, I have gone away from Yukon. I'm, I'm sorry, from Paclo now in my main area because it does jack up your lawn. It does cause damage. Um, even it, it, there's no way around it. And I found that when I started using um, Apogee that the lawn completely looked different. I took out the pack low and replaced it with, with a new and the lawn looks better because it's not having as much damage. And, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Okay. Telly, that is like a good warning because here's my experience with that class of PGRs. I'm speaking to Paclobutrazole on your shortcut hybrid sodded Bermudas. I think I, I clued you into that specific warning about do not apply to Bermuda greens. And the reason why they say don't do that on Bermuda greens is because you will overregulate your shortcut hybrid Bermudas to the point where you might not have the grass anymore. It might be all too much. Conversely, in your case, what's too much for that wild common coarse Bermuda was exactly that. Taclo and you setting your greens mower as far down as that sucker will go. Congratulations. Good job. <laughs> right, right, right. So it, it doesn't take any time. Uh, I don't have, I should have took another current picture. Well, I was kind of picture limited, uh, JP, but I had another picture that showed the what it looked like now and scam alert. And <laughs> it is completely covered with Yukon Bermuda grass. Yeah, it looks like that. But on the other side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to see if I could find a picture of uh, what Paclo did to Common. And this was at a low rate. I can't remember exactly what rate I sprayed. It may have been like 10 ounces uh, with PGR, uh, with uh, with uh, trim pack on top of it. And <laughs> I mean, it, it, it turned everything. It was, it was great. Uh, there was there was a bit of, of green hanging on in it, and uh, but it was it was without a doubt uh, it just had a, a hue of gray. Uh, it was like somebody turned the the saturation way down on the photo in in Photoshop or something. It, it just right. had that odd online. color to it. I did it, Matt. I did it, except not to Bermuda, but I now know what Zoisha looks like on. 44 ounces per acre of cutlass plus eight ounces per acre of Tenex and turn it gray? 16 ounces per acre? acre of eight. It turned it yellow and gray and that some bitch didn't grow for like the next 45 days. Yeah. And that was the other thing too, is I probably got a bucket of clippings over a month month and a half period i mean it just did not grow at 
all. It was dead. Done. Yeah, that is the true uh, STFU application. <laughs> now, the weird thing was, was that as, as it was starting to want to look normal again, uh, you know, I applied, I applied a, a, a fairly high rate of zinc to it. And that did turn things green for whatever reason. It, it, really, it really brought it back to normal. I can explain that, Matt. Why? The reason why it, it turned it green is because that high rate of zinc probably forced gibberellin production in the grass. Mm. Okay, because zinc is one of the key elements for encouraging gibberellin synthesis in plants in general. So, because one of the symptoms of zinc deficiency in crops, for example, is the leaves and the new shoots on the plant all come out green, but they're dwarfed and stunted. I mean, they look like they got PGR'd. The plant got something like too much paclo or something. So if you can force the gibberellin synthesis in the, right, in the right direction, that's a way. And oh, by the way, part of me getting out of too much cutlass was an ounce per thousand of zinc sulfate and some citric acid to get the grass to come out of it. <laughs> And it's interesting that zinc also works particularly well on HPPD inhibitors like uh, Pylex and um, uh, what is the other one? Tenacity, mesotrione? Tenacity, right? mesotrione, yeah, mesotrione, yes. There's yeah, actually, kind of a, I, I've, been re I've been reading papers, Matt, about how if you need to mitigate discoloration from Pylex or Tenacity, especially on something like Bermuda turf, tank mix it with foliar zinc and manganese. That's like a, a, a couple of papers that I've been reading, and that's of importance to me because, by the way, Telly, if the revolver and Quicksilver didn't work on your goosegrass, I would next have you applying Pilex to your Bermuda. And I'm glad we didn't have to go there. No, what? Because pretty good now. So this is what? this is fully regulated with uh, Paclo and Tnex here, mm -hmm. um, and you can see it just yeah, it doesn't look happy. No, it was hurt. Yeah, and then coming up, that's after the zinc application. It. it what just, month was this? Oh, it's probably a month apart. Let me see if I can tell about oh, okay. I'm just curious uh, when this was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was Go ahead. Go this ahead. was last summer, I think I did this. Yeah, I think it was last so summer. So like peak growing season. I mean, this was Oh, yeah, yeah, be. yeah. So when it was completely zapped like that, that was June the 6th and then when it was fully recovered, that was June 26th. And I think I made nice. that application Somewhere around five. Uh, let me go through the dates here. Five twenty-seven is when I made that application. So, yeah, boy, it was. Uh, it was. It did not. It did not enjoy that. Oops. Oops. 
So if anybody <laughs> is anybody, you know, word of the word of the warning there: do not put Paclo on Bermuda uh, without just in a, just in general. Yeah, just leave it alone. <laughs> just leave Paclo alone. Just altogether. just in general. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got so many other great options, right, Ray? Why you know? You don't mm-hmm. need to go for the hard stuff. Just use the gateway PGRs, you know? Yeah, because here's what here's what I do if I don't want to discolor or damage, and it is feasible for me to make frequent repeated applications, I then leave out the cutlass, I leave out the pack low, and I just stick to low rates of trinexapac and perexadione, which would be either your apogee or you're a new with some you know podium or uh, primo max you know and that is a non-damaging application and by the way that tank mix is specifically allowed and recommended even on your ultra dwarf uh, bermuda grass greens mm. you can do it and in fact i've heard of many golf courses going there because ryan Mm. A new plus, you know, trinexapac is one way to mitigate variations in growth and color caused by the hybrid Bermuda reverting back to its uh, pre-mutated form. Yeah, mutations and segregation. Yeah, that's one way to handle it is you go out with weekly two-ounce and two-ounce applications of both, you know, a new plus uh, Tenex, a little bit every week, and your color and your growth and your green quality, you know, is vastly improved. Hey, do you ever and see? You talk and about, I, um, this is, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, 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 I was going to ask real quick on uh, from Ray's perspective, or even Matt, because I've I've never seen it on Bermuda grass, and granted, I've not seen nearly any of the amount of Bermuda grass you've seen, but. Um, do you see a toy a toileation, right? So the leaves, you know, when they're under heavy regulation, actually kind of shooting straight up and kind of going in different directions and getting a little weird. That's the that's a really lay person way to explain it. But um, let me see if I can find you some good photos in cool season. I'll share them here in a second. Go ahead, Telly. You can you continue yeah, well, while I find these photos. Well, while while he's trying to find those uh, pictures. Um, I have something interesting with uh, T-Nex. A lot of times people always ask questions or have a controversy about T-Nex versus Primo. Which one's the best one? So I had someone from the Discord, uh, Crispy Cruiser, sent me Primo. And I did a test this year. I had uh, 3,000 square feet that I sectioned off. Um, The first one was a control. The second one was Primo only. Second thousand square feet was Primo only. And the last one was T-Nex. And I weighed and measured for three applications. Um, I found no difference in between Primo and T-Nex in the applications and and the amount of weighted clippings um, in those three applications. So I was just doing a little test myself because that was a hot subject, believe it or not, on the... uh, on a lot of the YouTube, uh, you know, influencers at the time, and a lot of the uh, Facebook groups and stuff. So, if anybody else have plenty of land, 
If anybody else would like to do any kind of test, I'll be happy to do that. I got plenty of time. More on my lawn. Okay. You know what, Telly? Here's the thing. I would gladly apply the off-patent Tenix versus the patented, uh, you know, Primo Max if my, you know, business depended on it because I see no difference. I mean, with Tenix, shut down is shut down. I mean, it'll do it. So I don't see the difference. And by the way, a long time ago, I had the pleasure in the 1990s of buying a bottle of actual Primo. And guess how much that stuff costed back then? How much? I paid $250 a quart. Oh. <laughs> and what? $250 a quart. And that was my price as a commercial applicator from the company that is now Nutrien. So I know they weren't scalping me because I'm a, a consumer. No, that was uh, the pro price for a court. There's a quote out of there. Oh, who's this from? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Let me send this to you. This is from. Let's go there. Ooh, look at this. This is interesting. So you get this like real spindly growth, right? When you. Mm. Don't either you're over, you know, you can be over regulating, right? And you get this different physiology in the plant, the way that it grows. Here, I'm going to send you another one. This is also a present from uh, Dr. Bill Kreuzer, a fan favorite of both Matt and myself. I don't know where Ray stands on Kreuzer. I don't know. I, I think he's a fanboy. I think. No, I, I, right? I, I, lo I love Dr. Bill Kreuzer. I mean, he's, uh, he tells it like it so is. There's where and, the, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's yeah. good people. He's good turf people. So this is where they're trying to induce it. They're trying to go higher rates and those lighter patches that you see are all attoyulated, uh, like real spindly, real thin. Some people call it white leaf, right? Where um, you just, you get these real, real weak uh, leggy plants that start growing up right from the tillers on the bent grass. Now, I don't know, like I said, if you've ever seen that before on Bermuda, I'm going to have to ask some people because I'd love to know. Yes. What it would take Actually, to uh, do this. Yes. Ryan, mm. that's what I started seeing when I overdid the cut list on the Zoysia. Mm. Okay, I, I overdid it. And here's how I overdid it. I applied the 44 ounce per acre. And while it was still under regulation about two or three weeks later, I added another... 30 ounce per acre. Man. One and you know, 100%, sir. Let me see if I can get a picture. That, and Ray, that was just uh, <laughs> too much. What do you, what, what, what do you think? Uh, I don't even know if it was ever labeled for it. I'm going to have to go look for it here. But Tally, you would have liked this because you're a, you're a full force kind of guy, right? Ray, <laughs> my fluidide. 
How about oh, it? Embark. 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 Okay. Ah. Okay. Here's the thing about Embark. Embark. We'll show some embark photos. Was those. actually the premier PGR for controlling seed head formation on Poa Annua. It was a lousy PGR for repeated use to desirable turf because the fluidite or embark would always cause yellowing and thinning. Like I tried it one time on Bermuda and I won't do it again because it the the tiff green uh, really was not happy with me after I applied it. I mean the tiff green was mad. So I'm not doing it. However, Embark is actually a good choice when you need to inhibit seed head form formation in turf grass because it is not a gibberellin inhibitor. Instead, what Embark is, is it is literally a cellular toxin. And by the way, you can get a similar effect from low-rate glyphosate, glyphosate uh, imazapir, yeah. or sulfametron, or even imazapic. Yeah. Right, so it's a, a mitotic inhibitor, right? So mitosis is it's the division it. of cells. It literally stops. Yes. Literally stops, right? So Matt, to your point about, you know, not having any grass in your buckets, you could go out and spray greens. So this is a toilated uh, Bermuda grass? Yeah, it's hard to see because mm -hmm. I zoomed in on that picture pretty significantly to to try and pick it up. Um, but there are just tufts where you see it, and that was um, purely yeah, I can see from, it now. I can... from Paclobutrazol. Um, and and I'll I'll tell you that you know following up and not having applied it, uh, you do not see that those those bizarre tufts that tend to uh, just kind of come out and do their thing. This again, this is so, common, so probably way more sensitive than other Bermuda types may be. Um, but yeah, you see it. Tell you, this is like one of those pictures from when you were mowing lawns for three dollars and fifty cents, right? You got to like look at it, but unfocus your eyes. It's one of those type of pictures. <laughs> you got to okay? cross. I think them. my eyes will get crossed <laughs> if I do that. Yeah, yeah. All right, J Pink, real quick, let's look at those two photos I sent you real quick. You know, that's from all that time of looking down when you're going to the bathroom. Tell you, that's that problem. You know, I can't help that, but. Um, <laughs> so you got, uh, this Ray is classic, classic embark with fluidide color on greens, right? So they applied to greens. They didn't apply anywhere else, but, um, look how shiny that is. Like that should not be that color if it was treated or untreated, excuse me, untreated. So to your well, point I, about seed heads, I, I saw roll that. To that next picture. I saw let, that. Ray, let Ray talk. There you go. Go ahead, Ray. I, I saw that in that uh, it did a bang-up job of shutting down the poor seeded production, but my God, what a brutal thing to do to the turf grass because, again, applying Embark is almost like microdosing glyphosate or microdosing a sulfonylurea or imidazoline herbicide on the bent. I mean, oh, it's kind yeah. of a brutal thing. Say 
microdosing LSD, and uh, I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> not recommended. Yeah, Telly's tell going to go out there with the spreader mate and put some sugar cubes in there, and we're all going to be happy for the lawn, right? <laughs> uh, just make sure you find a nice, safe space in the lawn to lay down for about six hours, Telly, after you make that up. The fish will be <laughs> real happy that you did, right? You might yeah. feel like you're a fish swimming upside down if you do that. Uh, rail, rail, quick here, Ray. So you're right. Untreated versus treated. This is a, a golf course up in uh, Southeast Michigan. Very nice club. This is compliments. I always like to give credit. Uh, Jesse Shaver is the superintendent there. I just pulled this off his Twitter, but nice to look at here in terms of what you see with seed head. Now this stuff is no longer made either, Ray. This was like. Uh, Oh, like Nemacure, right? When the when the boys found out this was going off the market, there was some hardcore stocking up, right? So, well, so, actually, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I used to use Embark for. No, oh, I knew you used it for something. No, Embark was was my weapon for <laughs> to kill Bougainvillea. Sorry. No, Bougainvillea and hibiscus because Mifludide. Is also used for regulating the growth of common woody shrubs. And for that, it did some good because, for example, I've known people that off-label used something called uh, Psychocell to regulate hibiscus. Mm -hmm. And or else Paclo to regulate hibiscus. And they were using the nursery and greenhouse labeled product. Oh, boy. My God, did the Department of Agriculture hang them by their balls? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. uh, you see that too. You see that too, though, in turf. And this is go back to the Facebook thing. I hate to keep ragging. On the Facebook fam, what what is uh what's Matt's favorite word for it? Spacebook, crackbook, or whatever, something like that. Yeah. But I see people comment. Well, you can get the ag version of that cheaper. Just go ahead and you know, like um, I don't even know. I'm trying to think of one. Help me out here, Matt. Uh, what is mesotrion in crops? Huh? Uh, I was thinking. Out, I think Outriders one is certainty in uh in. In turf and outriders. outriders. What is what is means trying for heathy? Yeah, he's yeah. trying outriders. actually in ag. I don't know what message. Callisto. 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 It's ah, yeah, yeah, however, yeah. however, wait a minute. It's don't corn. get too happy because because Callisto is agency priced, and mm -hmm. there's no real price break between Callisto and tenacity. Syngenta made yeah. it so that. The price is almost equal, so that's not a good example. However, a real good example of that is a bound versus yeah. uh, Heritage L. Yeah. yeah, because a bound is labeled for egg crops. Heritage is golf turf and ornamentals. So we're not here to get people ideas. We're saying you should not do this. This is against the law, right? And, and if, if the Hawaii the, the Hawaii Department of Ag can find you, you know, the people in your state can find you too. Yeah, well actually the, the deal the deal was is that these landscape this landscape company 
was using it on the hibiscus shrubs to make them flower more and keep them from needing trimming so much. But you don't do that with Psychosil or greenhouse labeled Paclo. No, no, no. I mean, if they wanted to do that, they should have used the Paclo product for labeled for regulating ornamental and street trees. Then they would be within label because it's, you know, landscape woody plants. But no, you don't do greenhouse label Paclo because you're totally off label. So mm. is, uh, you know, products like Explan, what is it called? Explande 200 SC, the, yeah, the, the pre-emergent, you know, it has in Dizaflan, like 19% yeah, or something like that. that. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't know if that's off-label, but it's a lot cheaper than getting just the, you spectacle. know. Spectacle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I don't. Here's, I, here's with the me, deal. I have economy of scale, that, you know. And yeah, I uh, have, I mean. In, uh, you know, uh, Esplanade, Espl- what is Esplanade labeled for? I don't. I honestly don't know. VM. Well, they have. VM. It's, it's for VM. Vegetation. And. And so the thing is, is that I think with the VM version, there may be just a little bit of wiggle room. However, commercially, if I were to apply Esplanade to, you know, lawns and sports turf, I'd be in a bit of trouble. Conversely, believe it or not, I'm okay to apply spectacle flow to various non-crop areas, especially if those non-crop areas are related to areas outside of residences or commercial buildings. Go so I just need to put a soccer goal out in my yard and then I'm good. <laughs> no, yes. no, actually. Yeah. I need some lines, maybe, no, you know, no, you know what you need? Host, you know what you need? Neighborhood. You need, no, you need either railroad tracks or a power line going through your yard, and then you'd be legal for Esplanade. Because I have, Esplanade um, is. I have a gas line going through my yard. Okay. Because Esplanade is specifically labeled for grassy and annual broadleaf weed control on utility right of ways. And railroad tracks. That's See, it. railroad tracks. They didn't say that mm-hmm. they could, you know, it was a model train that you had going through your yard. So you need to put, <laughs> you need to be one of those guys. You need to be the guy that has the model railroad and wears the full engineer regalia. Like you got the, <laughs> the hat, the overalls, like the, all that stuff. Tell me, I want to see it. I want to see some, I want to see you really commit to this railroad thing so you can spray this Esplanade in your yard. I really need what it. What makes you think I don't already have that? That's for the after show. <laughs> so you need to become a member. So, ladies and gentlemen, you need to become a member of, of the uh, shameful plug. A, become a member of the Grass Factor, and not only can you see this show, and you can see me semi calm, but you can see me in the after show. In the after show, I will not hold back. 
So I've been oh, holding back. I've been holding my tongue. I told I'm, JP. I'm, I'm legitimately scared now. I am. I, I told JP. You that boys, he did not accept treatment. Like, he's going to uh, lash out now. He's going right. to lash. There's going to be a relapse tonight. He's going to relapse. So, you know, it just costs the price of an airport beer. And you too mm-hmm. can enjoy Telly Coleman in his book wiliness and <laughs> train and I've train track before. hats. It's oh, pretty yeah. cool. It's pretty cool. Maybe before I sent the wrong picture to you. Before we dip oh. out, do you have any questions for us that we could answer? Yes, I do. Okay, I have a couple Good. questions. First of all, the spreader mate. It, 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 I mean, it's okay, but you know, I need to upgrade, and 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 I'm tired I'm, of walking that Joker. So you know, I'm thinking about a spiker. I think that'd be pretty good. You, I know what Matt's gonna say, and I, honestly, I'd say the same I'm, thing. I'm in just, this case. I'm just, I'm get just it. joking. I'm just joking. I'm not trying to get a spiker. I want to get a uh, something that Matt owns. Is that sell them on Matt? Matt? Let's hear. All right, Matt, you're on the showroom floor. Yeah. Okay. So there's there's gonna be a couple things. You're gonna have to understand. You've got reduced volume output. You can modify it to get up the, to the kind of volume that you may or may not want. I can tell you this. Can I have to I refill have sprayed, more. I have sprayed some absolute things you should never spray at low volume, and I have never had a problem with it. The only time it may get weird is if you're using something that's really, really hot. That re- requires a lot of carrier volume, like an insane rate of, uh, of sulfentrazone in a single-use application or something. That may get you into trouble, but if you're not doing that and you're applying pretty much common run-of-the-mill things, then you're never going to have an issue with it. You'll never know the difference between the two. Um, if if you were on, uh, I, I, you know, you're trying to grow bent grass out there on a sand cap, you know, maybe then you may run into a, to a situation. But growing a an improved common Bermuda like this, even though you are at a pretty extreme height of cut, I don't think you'll notice a difference. You've got you've got irrigation that you can control. Um, if anything breaks on it, you can repair it in the parking lot of Walmart or AutoZone. It supports big guys like us. If your shoulders hurt when you ride it, that means you're a girl and you probably don't deserve it. So <laughs> that it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It can handle the hills. If it rains prior to your application, you don't have to worry about leaving big ass ruts in the yard. Uh, so and there's and the, it's it's so easy to work on. You can literally modify it to do whatever it is you want it to do, right? So um, that's yeah. I think in a in a highlighted realm that pretty much covers all our bases. Permagreen, it is. Then my final that's question right. is about uh, spring dead spot pink snow mold. That's my bane of my existence. So I had I accomplished something the other picture is actually a little bit better um j pink but i accomplished um some significant improvement yeah some significant improvement last year that was 2020 the spring of 2020 um this year i didn't have too much of an issue after i used zemplar zemplar i applied that in a combination with michael brutonil I think I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah. I don't know. I have a picture of it, but I applied, I applied that 30 days, uh, at the beginning of October and the end of October. It did a little bit of good, but I don't know if that's the right thing. I know I'm using two forms of fungicide to most of action. Um, any advice? 
that's not going to kill me in the bank. Because I looked at mm. uh, I looked at Zemplar seems to be the cheapest uh, when I'm applying an acre of it twice. Ray, Ray you want to talk to him about Kabuto? Yes. No. Uh, no. That costs too much. It's only money, Telly. Kabuto <laughs> is one of the other, you know, heavy hitters for SDS. But I think if Exemplar works for you, I would I would stick with it because Exemplar is part one of my you know medicine cabinet where there's a little with proper section. No, okay. Exemplar is an is part of a fungicide that I keep in my. It's like in a little section of my truck called the shit hit the fan because Exemplar is half of this fungicide called Lexicon. And so Exemplar is something that I speak very, very highly of because I've also known Exemplar to pull people's bacon out of the fire when they have bad dollar spot. So I speak highly of Exemplar and as far as the Microbutanol goes, I consider Microbutanol to be the non-damaging equivalent of Propiconazole because you can use Microbutanol on shortcut Bermuda or shortcut Zoetia or even St. Augustine without having the extreme growth regulation effects. So I like, I like Microbutanol a lot. In fact, uh, anytime somebody mentions propiconazole, I just think to myself, that's not something I use. Instead, if I'm treating for something that somebody would otherwise use propiconazole for, I rather break out the Eagle 20 EW instead. Especially on turf that's already had TNX, Cutlass, and a new applied to it. Do not a- add propiconazole on top of that in your programs if you're already well, you know, regulating I've, pretty I've heavy. I've done things. that. I just got too many to- stories to tell. So I'll, I'll, I'll let that story <laughs> out. <laughs> well i appreciate it thank you i think those are all the questions i have unless you let me think for a while i have even more but uh (laughs) i do have a problem i I, let me take that back i do have a problem with standing water um on occasions but i think i've solved that yeah right there but i think i've solved that problem however with um 40 tons of sand so i don't have that problem anymore well, after I would next imagine, year, I don't have that problem anymore. Oh, Virginia Bloodweed. I have that. Ooh, and I can't get ooh, rid of yuck. it. Yeah, yuck, it's horrible. I'm going to tell you to spray something that, Ray, you're going to need to put on earmuffs. Uh, Go for it. Try me. Uh, uh, either Battleship 3 or uh, Momentum FX2 in as a spot spray, it is going to light your Bermuda's ass on fire, sir. So 
just keep that in in mind. But as a spot spray, make sure it's well fed, is growing vigorously, and all that. Uh, that uh, <laughs> fluoroxapir combo there is very very effective, way more effective than metsulfuron methyl, in my opinion. Actually, Matt, I won't uh, say earmuffs for that because too bad I can't get it in Hawaii. Oh, Lord but, have mercy. Nah, but I would love to get what they call Vista XRT because Vista XRT is the pure fluoroxapir ester. And you know what I'd be doing with that? I'd be formulating my own, you know, custom three-way, 2,4-D, dicamba, and just a drop of fluoroxypyr. Not a lot, just a little. Yeah, and for that exact but reason, I'm a homeowner. I can't do all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so Battleship Three or uh, or Momentum FX Two, either of those. Um, I think Battleship Three is slightly more cost effective than Momentum FX Two. Um, I, I know New Farm has a bunch of products with fluoroxapyr in it too. I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but um, Sure Power. I know Sure Power's got it in there. Sure Power does, but do not put that on Bermuda. Um, yeah, I was going to say it's not a warm season herbicide. Yeah, I don't actually don't sure. Sure power uh, might be too much for emerged uh, or green Bermuda, and does Sure Power have triclopyr in it? I don't. Yes, it does. I don't remember. Yes, does it does. Oh God, triclopyr, fluoroxapyr, okay. and uh, I can't. I can't. Two four D, and then flumioxazin. Uh, yeah, flumioxazin is the one I was thinking of. Okay, but there's another one. If you do that. that that will make it so that your Bermuda goes to sleep and doesn't grow back. <laughs> and if you put that in your Bermuda, uh, so it's not, it is sleeping. It's not a warm system. Yeah, it, it's not Sorry. good because triclopyr and dormant Bermuda is a big no-no. In fact, the only time I tell people to put triclopyr on dormant Bermuda is when they're transitioning to another variety of Bermuda next spring and they're trying to kill what they got. Then I tell them, hammer your lawn with triclopyr in the winter. Then that way, their old Bermuda is good night and not waking up again. (laughs) So, yeah. So, New Farm's got Change Up, which I had forgot about, Mm -hmm. and then Escalade 2. Escalade 2. Yeah, Escalade 2. Change Up. I forgot about Change Up. Actually, I I think think Change Up is labeled for warm season turf. Yeah, I think change up is can be used because doesn't the uh, warm season kind of sort of tolerate it as long as you watch your rates and application? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if I'm not if I recall correctly, I think you can use it on uh centipede and uh St. Augustine as well. So, yeah, as long as you are rate conscious there, you should have no issues with it. And I think changeup is has uh, really high efficacy on Virginia buttonweed. I'm looking at the label here. Yeah, they don't they don't have any uh, stars next to it, so you you get good control out of that. So that's another one uh, that I would definitely take into consideration. There, I'm looking at changeup. Yeah, you can get it in smaller quantities too, um, or you can you can get it in in larger ones. So that may jab with what you're trying to do there. Oh, and change up is 
24D free. So if you've already used up your annual maximum on, say, three-way or, uh, or speed zone, you can drop in an application of ChangeUp for whatever else. And by the way, ChangeUp has something that I don't normally see in herbicides marketed in America called MCPA because MCPA is mostly a European thing. Yeah. Wait, uh, that's that schnitzel yep. right there. That's that, that, that's Wiener schnitzel or uh, yeah, right there. That's Wiener schnitzel because if, in if, the European if Robert Union, Palmer still watching. I was going to say, if Robert Palmer still watching, his ears just perked up. Yeah, because isn't Robert Palmer, the last time we talked to him, wasn't he going to be stationed in West Germany? Yes. I believe believe he was going to be stationed in West Germany, right near the land of Wiener Schnitzel and Bier. (laughs) Actually, the first Uh, 12 years of my life was in Germany. No kidding. Real quick. We did get a suggestion yep. for Telly's next sprayer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Send it. Send it. Is that a how, bell? Many, how many passes will I take off of that? What kind of what kind of nozzles? I use the yellow ones on that one too. <laughs> Actually, you know what you'd have use to use, Telly? You'd probably have to use the white or I knew Ray the, was gonna give you a very yeah, precise I did answer. Too. <laughs> Or else the the light green ones, the light green T jets, because here's why you see so much drift. Usually on a helicopter, they're running ceramic disc cores or else XR fans. My only problem is the pilot, you know. I don't, I'm not sure if that's too safe for him. I don't know what kind of rotor wash you have and, and what kind of air supply. I hope it's filtered in there. It doesn't look like a very expensive helicopter. It looks like something that someone put together in their garage. So I it's bet a, it doesn't have copter. any, <laughs> I bet it doesn't have any kind of, in, you know, any kind of level of filtration for the pilot. You know, that's going to be another lawsuit right there going on right there. So That's another glyphosate lawsuit right there. Yep. Uh, we are coming up on two hours, so we're going to have to start wrapping this up. Let's check in on the mailbag real quick before we head on to the show after the show. You've got mail. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess that's my cue to read this on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So we had someone email in. Uh, smoking, I guess is his name. I don't know. Not smoked. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm in Iowa. Front is turf type tall fescue. Back is Kentucky blue. Does anyone believe in the effort behind dormant seeding? And if so, what's the best method? When should I throw the seed down? And should I fertilize at the same time or wait? In my opinion, if you've got cash to burn and you're okay with a uh, a, a gigantic guess as far as how well it's going to work, then sure. Uh, if you would like to be more precise, don't do it. That's my opinion. But my experience is people, only in my southern area. So, 
Demay. And for the people in the, oh, Demay. Well, I'm jumping in go ahead, there. Go ahead, go ahead, the, go ahead. Go ahead, go For the people who are in the forums and who are in the Facebook pages, please don't do that to warm season grasses. I see it all the time. I've seen it like three or four times. This week alone, if that you have exciting. money to burn, just don't. Just Stop do not overseeding put... your Bermuda with Bermuda. And and don't aerate in the fall to overseed. Please. Public service announcement. That's like a Go that's ahead, like a man. mashup. That's like a mashup of I heard from this guy that I should aerate and oversee my lawn in the fall. But I'm in Alabama. You know it's by the way. By the way, while I can here on the public stream, Sean Smith, don't roll tide. Go Rebs. Um Matt, you didn't hear that here most. Oh, I'm on the lane train. Oh. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, we're lane, lane. He's still he's still in good graces. Uh, dormant seating. I agree with Matt. Like it's definitely a, a value proposition of do you or don't you. Uh, you know the best results I've ever seen from it are when it is done later rather than earlier, right? So if you get that January thaw, we're able to go out there and get it down, or even later. Like my ideal time here in Ohio, and Iowa wouldn't be too much different. Is if you get those perfect ground conditions in. February, right? Or even early March, I'd send it. I, you'll have pretty good results. Um, you know, the only thing in Iowa out there, if you do get kind of dry, um, once that stuff starts coming up, but it's still cold, even though it's cold, it's still dry. You're going to have to water it. So just be prepared. Um, but as Matt said, I think, you know, you stand a better chance of um, Doing a spring seating or doing a fall seating at that point. I'd question what your need was to do a dormant seating. So, all right, uh, moving right along. We've got Josh who writes in and said, uh, I sprayed max rate glyphosate with surfactant on turf type tall fescue four times in the last two weeks. Wicked sick. Uh, Ray, was there a question there? Ray, yeah, yeah. question. The uh, grass still looks like it's hanging on. Is it possible that I used an expired product? I'm in Maryland, we... zone seven, with daytime temps in the 70s, nights at 50s, and I've been actively irrigating and fertilizing. Can we can we have Samuel L. Jackson read this grass, Ezekiel 25, 17? Oh, hell no. <laughs> That's, That's a royale with cheese. You know... <laughs> I don't know what, say, wait, what, what, what are you thinking here, son? Like, that's my question, right? Um, well, you know, here I go as a homeowner. I know oftentimes people read the label as far as glyphosate and they severely underestimate the amount that's needed to actually kill your lawn. I tried personally myself as a homeowner and tried at the label rate. And then discovered that I probably had to go up a little bit higher than that. You know, I know the label's the law and turf truth might get me. But here's, yeah, here's the thing is that there is a broad spectrum of rates on the Roundup label. It just depends on which formulation of Roundup you have. Right. So 
Um, you know, like if you look at the label of Ranger Pro, I mean, you've got label uh, grace there to go all the way up to a 4% solution, if I recall correctly, uh, which is you know, some very, very extreme rates that, uh, that most of us would never, ever encounter. So max label rate to me is I have no idea what formulation you sprayed. Here's the thing. And as, as you start to cool off a little bit, glyphosate's going to be a little bit slower. If you're a little bit dry, glyphosate's going to be a little bit slower. If you haven't fertilized it, glyphosate's going to be a little bit slower. Two weeks and still seeing a little bit hanging on after after glyphosate application on tall fescue not does not shock me at all. Like not I'm worried. not worried about it. I'm not thinking about it. I'm definitely not repeating an application within the first two weeks after that first application. Like I would be making my second application at two weeks. I would not be making my fourth application at two weeks because glyphosate in and of itself is not a super speedy herbicide. Like it can appear to be when you're spraying a broadleaf, when you're spraying a dandelion when it's 95 degrees outside, right? Then it looks really quick and fast and all that fun stuff. But when you're spraying something as hardy as tall fescue is, when you've got nighttime temperatures of 55 uh, it's a totally different ball game. It's slow. No, the herbicide's not expired. Uh, glyphosate in and of itself is going to have a pretty much indefinite shelf life as long as it's not freezing. Um, so yeah, I think you just got to, what is it? What is it? They, they, you need to, uh, uh, you need to smoke some patience. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then, uh, We've got one here from a leftover from the lawn care help desk uh, last night that uh, Matt said we should bring it up with Demay, I guess. Um, oh, gosh. What I do now? What <laughs> you should, you should. Hey, hey. All right. I'm going to tell you the answer before you even ask a question. You definitely should shave and use the shampoo to get rid of the scabies. That's my advice right there. <laughs> Best thing might you can do. Be, might not be far off. Uh, what pre-emergent oh. with centipede? I guess. Uh, and some other warm season. What was what was the other grass? Oh, it was oh yeah, 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 yeah. This is for Ray. This is for Ray. Ray. Oh, sorry. So this is Still Middle shave. Georgia. Uh, the centipede in St. Augustine does go dormant. Um, mm -hmm. At what rate of a fall application of spectacle would be safe? Okay. I would be doing a three ounce and three ounce split of spectacle. You don't want to go high on St. Augustine or centipede unless your end goal is to smoke the lawn and transition to zoysia next year because the only grass I know of that's highly tolerant of spectacle would be zoysia. Okay, we were talking about doing a single three-ounce rate application, but you think it would be safe to go up to six? Six total, but then as a three and three, because three only is not really enough to hold back high weed pressure because I, I'd be imagining that this fella is fighting things like poa emerging and winter broadleaf weeds coming out in his... Uh, centipede and st augustine so i'd be going with something like three and three and here's another thing i don't know if he knows this but tenacity 
is highly usable on centipede, especially centipede. Centipede is extremely tolerant of tenacity. So St. Augustine is not in that type of scenario. If you're okay with it going white for six weeks, uh, then you're probably okay. But if you're not okay with that, then don't. Because I think Actually, it's a mixed centipede St. Augustine yarn. I think it's kind of intertwined. Okay, because the other the other thing that I'd probably tell you is that if it were me, Matt, I would smoke off the St. Augustine and keep it all centipede. Earmuffs, yeah, Matt. <laughs> Warn me next time so I can do the headphones like this and I don't have to hear them. <laughs> no, because I had experience maintaining a mixed centipede and st augustine lawn and in the end you know what that lawn got matt two apps of cesoxidin okay and and you know why i I wanted the st augustine yeah the the mother freaking st augustine had to go because there's no way i could maintain a lawn that had patches of St. Augustine that wanted to grow four inches tall in a week, whereas the centipede would only grow up like about a half an inch in a week. There's no way I could live with that. So I had to say aloha to the St. Augustine. With that, I think we covered all the mailbag. Is that right, Jay Paint? That's right. All right, we are going to head over to the show after the show. Listen, this is going to be grown men talking about grown men topics. If you are not into that kind of thing, if you can't handle bad words or do not enjoy humor altogether, it is not for you, and that is 100% okay. You do not have to be a part of the show after the show. However, if that is what you're into and you do want to hear the next piece of content, that's a little bit more personal and uh, a little bit more unfiltered. By a little bit more, I mean extremely unfiltered. (laughs) <laughs> you get one opportunity and one opportunity alone that lasts 10 minutes to be able to view it. And then it is gone into the ether forever, never to be seen again. There's no kept copies of this whatsoever, but you do have to become a member and you can do so two ways. You can go to patreon.com forward slash burn and return. And uh, for the cost of an airport beer, you do get access to the show after the show, or you can become a member here on YouTube, hit the join button and, uh, and you'll get access to a private Discord that will allow you to do that. So, thank you all for watching. We'll catch y'all on the Sunday recording of the next episode of Burn and Return. Otherwise, we'll see you in the show after the show. Bye! Bye-bye! <laughs>